Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's now pulling in the some other national sports organization. This whole issue is pulling them in. Athletes are speaking out. Um, additional national sports organizations, as I said, are in the spotlight. Alpine Canada faced a class action suit in 2019, and that was brought by our guest, Alison Forsyth, two-time Canadian Olympian, eight-time Canadian Alpine ski champion, chief operating officer of ITP Sport, an organization promoting a safe sport environment. Uh, Alison Forsyth also brought forward allegations of sexual abuse against former Canadian national ski team coach Bertrand Chartrand, found guilty in 2000. Listen to this. He was found guilty in 2017 of 37 sex-related charges against skiers ranging in the age from 12 to 18. And he was paroled two years later. Yeah, that sort of uh, sentence really inspires confidence in the justice system, doesn't it? Alison Forsyth joins us. Alison, thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. How how are you reacting personally based on your experience as an athlete, uh, an athlete who is also abused um, during the process and by an individual who is very high in, in, in the organization, Alpine Canada, in this case, and, and, and what we're hearing, what we've been hearing for the last couple of weeks about Hockey Canada, how are you personally responding to all of this? Well, thank you for asking. Um, you know, I, I'm a survivor of abuse, as you mentioned, and, and a survivor of a very overt cover-up of that abuse by a national sporting organization. I'm a mom of two young um, competitive hockey players and a, now a safe sport professional. So personally, um, I've you know, had extreme, to be honest, is my heart has been pounding and I've been in a very anxious sort of triggered state over the last two weeks. However, I'm not surprised. Um, I know firsthand from having been in this work, whether it's, you know, as an athlete advocate um, or a safe sport professional, that the issue is massive. And I also recognized and saw um, Hockey Canada's lack of leadership and an opportunity that they had when the former minister came into play um, to be leaders in this space and they chose not to. So I can see it from many angles, Roy, but personally, um, it's hard. It's hard because whether a victim is a member of an organization like I was um, or a member of the general public, it is um, incredibly difficult to have an organization, you know, try to silence you in whatever way, way, shape or form that is. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, Alison. And I do appreciate that um, what's happening now, I'm sure, brings back very many personal and difficult memories for you. Um, what exactly, how exactly did Alpine Canada approach you when you let them know what was going on? Share with us as much as you can, please, of, of what was happening. You, you haven't been, uh, haven't been uh, reluctant to talk about that. What happened to you and what was the response from Alpine Canada? Sure. So, um, I mean, I, I blew the whistle in our case. Um, it was at the World Junior Championships in 1998. 
Um, I had a, a physical um, therapist, a female, just to mention, for the first time in two months, came on the road with us, and she took one look at me. My, you know, my hair was falling out. I'd lost about 10 pounds, and um, she just said, tell me what's going on, and I just burst into tears. So I disclosed to her, um, at which point we both recognized that um, through various circumstances that there were multiple victims. So to be clear, this was a man who was um, sexually abusing four out of 10 young women on the same team who were all living together in, in a house at the time in Europe. Um, and me, and what, what happened, I mean, I could go into some, some pretty scary details, including him, you know, hiding in the woods and um, in camouflage and some very strange, bizarre behavior went on. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, I was, I was quite literally sat down in a room, uh, um, a room in a house, <laughs> a bedroom with the head of Alpine Canada at that time and my sexual abuser. And they both looked at me and said, you know, Allison, we need to work together on this because if our sponsors find out, we won't have a sport anymore. So that was a deep level of coercion. Um, and that is exactly what occurred. And um, I, I felt incredibly silenced. And what I want everyone to recognize is when you are a victim of, of, of abuse, if you have lived it, you know it. And it is not as simple as, um, well, I'm just going to keep pushing and doing whatever it takes to get justice because ultimately there's complicity. You feel complicit in the situation for whatever reason. Um, you feel shame. You feel blamed. You feel guilt. In my case, you know, he had an incredible power over us. We were all incredibly brainwashed by this person. So I'm also dealing with finding out that this person had also been doing this to three other young girls at the exact same time. So as you can imagine, my mental state was not um, healthy. And I went on, Roy, to compete. And I've had people say to me, you know, Allison, at least you had a very successful career, as if one, that made it okay. Um, I competed in a coping mechanism, a PTSD coping mechanism of anger and hatred for for everyone and everything around me, to be honest. I lost faith and trust in and all authority and men. Um, and to be frank, I, the only thing that drove me to the podium of the World Cup was to prove him wrong because he had me so convinced that I would never make it without him, that I stood on my first podium and I earned the first podium and it was the first podium for a Canadian female in that event in, I think, 25 years. And all I was thinking was, take that, because I knew he would be watching it at home. So I only share this level of detail for everyone to understand the absolute complexity of safe sport in our country um, and the deep level of victimization that that can occur, which is why we need a critical shift and a critical change. Yeah, I, I admire you, you so much for what you're doing, your willingness to speak about what took place in your life, what was done to you. And it's all, as I understand it, and as I perceive listening to you, it's about taking care of the kids who are out there now and keeping the the organizations responsible. You know, what, we, we, what we're hearing about Hockey Canada, I know it's personal to you from the national skiing perspective. Um, we have different levels of issues here. Athletes who are alleged to have committed gang assault with a national oversight body, arguably closing its eyes and paying instead of holding players and the organization itself to account. And we have athletes who are sexually, physically, and emotionally subjected to abuse within their national programs. And these issues are taking place simultaneously. This just didn't happen overnight. These situations develop because 
lots of folks are around uh, with both eyes firmly shut. So, I mean, I, I think you recognize this, Roy, but I currently work as a safe sport professional. Very proudly now, my company, ITP Sport yes. and Recreation, are partners with Canada Soccer. So we're very excited to support Canada Soccer in the future. Now, with hockey, what I want to share is um, we see thousands of complaints come into our call line from multiple organizations. Very, very, very few of those have anything to do with sexual misconduct. So the fact that they're willing or they were forced to disclose, you know, 21 cases had been settled. I think anyone listening can respect how, how much it actually takes for a victim to get to a point of a settlement or to go to a civil suit. I can only imagine how many complaints they've actually received. Now, on top of that, the universal code of conduct for maltreatment in sport, of which, and I want someone to help me <laughs> to get them to produce this, of which Hockey Canada is supposed to be abiding by, has eight forms of maltreatment, physical abuse, psychological abuse, harassment, hazing, discrimination, bullying, and sexual abuse. So remember, I'm saying a fraction of complaints that we see are have anything to do with sexual misconduct. So we are talking about a massive amount of cases and complaints that must have come across Hockey Canada's desk. And this is an organization who made a conscious decision between 2018 and 2022 to not abide by the Sport Canada mandate to use an independent third party. They simply chose not to. I believe they did that because they, their ego thought they were better than the rest of the national sporting organizations because they knew, which was true, Sport Canada has a poor track record of actually holding national sporting organizations accountable. So I believe they made that conscious decision to not let anyone in to see what was actually happening. So that is why, and I wish I had a different statement, that we and I truly believe that that leadership is not the leadership that can see this change happen. Because even if we don't even look back to 2008 or 2003, we only have to look back under this leadership within the last four and a half years, and they have been resistors of anything to progress safe sports. So from a professional standpoint and a personal standpoint, and I know way too much, um, I will just share that it is of my opinion that they have not been leaders. They have been resistors. So, Allison, let's talk about the issue of safe sport. Maybe we can talk about it or have you speak about it within the context of Soccer Canada, which had its own issues in 2008, and you're now working with the organization. How do you take a dysfunctional group and turn them into a more responsible organization? What do you do? Oh, that's a great question. So so myself and my business partner, you know, Elan Yampolsky, he comes from 15 years of safeguarding experience. I want to share that we created our company um, just under two years ago, even though we both previously worked in the space, uh, because we knew when we were in the work with the federal government and trying to support federal jurisdiction around safe sport that it was such a massive issue and there was going to be so much need. And that's why we created who we are. Um, so we work with organizations of all levels. Something I want to share, and this will be relevant to the Canada soccer situation, is the federal government, and I'm sorry, I know we all go to the polls, and this is probably obvious to us as voters, but sometimes it's not as obvious to how it affects our children. The federal government can only force the national level to do anything about safe sports. It's up to that national sporting organization to then decide to mandate and provide as a membership requirement 
for their provincial sporting organizations and their clubs. So it's not the federal government that is going to protect our children. Hockey Canada needs to decide to systemically implement safe sport practices right down to the grassroots level. We are the experts in this space to do that and, and very proudly now are, will be working with Canada Soccer um, because they are committed to be putting in place safeguarding measures um, and safeguarding of all, all members because we also have a massive issue with officials abuse right now in this country. Over 70% of Ontario officials have left sport. If any organization will tell you they cannot recruit new referees or officials, they're tired of being treated how they are. So there's a lot of different audiences that are also affected by safe sport. So Canada soccer, listen, I, 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 this is my personal reputation. I respect, I am an athlete advocate, a safe sport <laughs> advocate. I'm a, a survivor. So I do not, and we do not go into these types of relationships lightly. I by no way want to take away any feelings or justice that is felt to be unserved by any victims of any abuse in any sport. I know how that feels. What I am here and what we are here to do with Canada Soccer is from this point forward, create the world's best safe sport programming. So we will be looking at all of their current processes with a very, very um, scrutinized lens. Um, they are open their door to let us in to say quite simply, in addition to the report they just received back from McLaren, what else do we need to do and how do we ensure that we are keeping every soccer athlete safe right down to the six-year-old stepping foot onto the soccer field for the first time. Yeah. Do you uh, have a sense that Hockey Canada is in any way feeling shame or repentant or uh, guilty? Uh, or, or do you have a sense that there's a, some entitlement going on when you have the current CEO saying, well, I can deliver what needs to be delivered, paraphrasing, of course. They don't know, and it's not okay. I mean, hockey, the false sense of security that exists now in the sport landscape is ridiculous. And I'll say this as someone who spends all year on a hockey bench at the AAA level. What is happening in our rinks is horrific still, and any parent in hockey can tell you. They're still fighting. They're still yelling. There's still beratement. There's bullying happening in the dressing rooms. There is horrible things happening at the grassroots level of hockey. So – they don't know the gravity of their own issue because what they did is they hired one person to work within the space and only around two months ago. What they need to recognize is that if they're going to do this themselves, and I absolutely hope they don't because they need safe sport experts, but they need about 40 people to be working on this issue. So the fact that they are not only resistant to the change to this point, now they think they have what it takes to do it themselves and they've only hired one person so far, it, it should show all of us that they, they do not even know what's happening within their own organization down to the grassroots level. Does government have a role to play, or is government better out of the way? Government has a role to play, absolutely, when it comes to what's happening right now, which is iron fist, sanctioning. We do not believe that the answer is just pulling away funding, because ultimately, yes, that sends a message. But if you're not Hockey Canada, I mean, they had their message sent loud and clear by their sponsors. But if you're not Hockey Canada and you have your funding taken away, you are actually preventing athletes from getting on planes the next week to compete. So it is about time that they're doing something. But I do not right now have the faith that the federal government even understands safe sport. There is not a lot of experts in safe sport in this country. 
And so we're doing our best to train as many people to work on this as quickly as we can, um, surrounding ourselves with experts in all different areas. Uh, but number one thing that organizations and the government can do right now is to say, we don't have all the answers and we, we need help. Okay. ITP Sport, what's your website? ITPSport.ca. ITPSport.ca. One final question for you. What do parents tell their kids? Because somebody has to communicate with the kids. Somebody has to explain to the kids what's going on, what their rights are, what their protections are. Somebody has to talk to the kids. What do you, what, what do you tell them? I'm glad you asked this because if you hadn't, I would have asked if I could say something. So um, I'm so passionate as a parent. So here's the thing is that we currently do not have in place any athlete training at the grassroots level. I don't know if it's because we think we're scared that kids can't handle this conversation. But as a parent, you need to do two things. One is you need to hold yourself accountable and know that your child is smarter than you think they are especially if they're on TikTok these days, and they see things and they know things and you need to hold down that conversation. My son needs to know and does know what the rule of two is and why it exists that he shouldn't be alone with his coach. We don't train children or educate them on that. We just tell the coach to not be alone with the child. So unfortunately right now, and I hope it shifts, a lot of the responsibility of keeping your child safe falls to you as a parent. I 100% think that parents should still enter their children in sport. Um, but they need to go to their organization tomorrow and they need to ask what safeguarding safe sport practices do you have in place? Do you follow the rule of two? What sort of anti-bullying programming are you running? What sort of training are you running? What sort of criminal background checks do you have? They need to do their own due diligence with their local organization and that's where they need to put the pressure on. I, I, have, to, I have to jump in just because the clock got us, but I hope you'll come back. Of course. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.